ready to celebrate God in this place, for he indeed is the King and Lord of Lords. Thank you so much, praise team, media ministry musicians, and each and every one of you, my brothers and sisters, as we gather together once more to look into God's holy word. I hope you got your Bibles with you and join me and your copy of God's Word to James, James chapter 5, as we continue in this series from this rich, rich letter written by the half-brother of our Savior Jesus Christ, James, writes to the believers of his day and the believers of today. And if you've been hanging with us in this series, you know that James doesn't cut any corners. You know that James tell it like it, well, I know how I want to say it, but tell, he tells it like it is. And so I invite you now to join me in that fifth chapter of James as we again, again look at the Word of God as the Holy Spirit has revealed. Look with me beginning at verse 1. God's Word says, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the misery that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver has corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last day. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvester have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. This is the word of God for the people of God. And as James continues under the inspiration of God to speak into the lives of believers, he challenges us continually to examine our own lives, to see that our lives reflect the belief in Christ we proclaim to have. In other words, our behavior ought to be a reflection of what we say we believe. And on this Sunday, from this particular text, uh, James gives us a warning. In fact, it's a warning to the wealthy. A warning to the wealthy. If I were to ask, uh, who among us is wealthy, many may not choose to raise their hands. But nonetheless, God has blessed each and every one of us. The story goes of a married couple, and unfortunately, the, the wife of this couple was in marriage to a stingy man. He was, he was a miser. He, he, he was, I heard one chuckle, so I'm hoping that that doesn't describe the couple, but... Um, but he didn't like to share. In fact, he, all the money, most of the money he earned, he kept away. He saved for himself, and, and he made it uh, really his reputation to have many means but not shared with anyone. 
even to the degree that he's so selfish that when he is nearing his last day, he calls his wife along with his attorney, and there he, he compelled his wife to sign her commitment that she would make sure that he would be buried with all of his money. He wanted all of it. He wanted to go with them into what he thought would be the afterlife. And sure enough, the day came and he, he died. There at the cemetery, his wife is seated there with her friends, and everyone notices because the word rumored had went on that this man had had her to make this commitment, and, and everyone noticed next to her there, there was a box. There's a box that is next to her, uh, and, and they, they knew that this man, oftentimes, Doug, would, would save all of his money into this box. They saw it, and they began to whisper amongst each other. Tim, they were a little amazed, uh, and then all of a sudden, before the funeral director closed the casket. Dr. Al, she stood up. She stood up with that box in her hand. She, she held it with all her might uh, and slowly making her way to the casket in honor of his wishes. She takes the box and all of its contents and she places it in the casket. Everybody's like, she must be crazy. <laughs> she made her way back to a seat and her best friend whispered to her, what's wrong with you? I can't believe that you placed all of that money in the casket with them. You know he can't say, he can't spend that in the grave. To which she replied, well, I am a Christian woman, and I made a commitment that I was going to honor his commitment and bury him with his money. So I took all of his money, I put it in an account, I wrote out a check, and I put it in a box for him. Brothers and sisters, with all the resources we have, <laughs> I think my wife is laughing a little too much. I don't know. <laughs> with all the resources we have, listen, we cannot take it with us. I really want you to hear me. Uh, we, we can't take it with us. I believe it was Denzel who said uh, he's never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse because no matter how much we accumulate in this life, no matter how many possessions and, and property and, and resources we have, you can't take it with you. And I want to make some things clear here. It's not wrong to have money. I got no amens on that, but I'm going to say it again. Not wrong to save money. It's, it's not wrong to save or spend money. It is wrong, however, when you save or spend money without God's guidance. When you save or spend money and it's not for God's glory. You see, we need to seek God's wisdom and joyfully submit to whatever he tells us to do because everything we have has been given to us by him. First chapter James said, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, which means then if it's good and it's a blessing to you, it's been given to you by God. And I, I see us, I see us, but Ed, I, I, I saw it as soon as I said, come now you rich. Most of you said, oh good, this message isn't about me. Um, 
when actually it's challenging us to ask the question, do we pursue riches or righteousness? Are we more concerned with our comforts or God's kingdom? See, most of us, if not all of us, are wealthier than most people in the world. I know who I'm speaking to. Uh, statistically, statistically, if you make $32,000 a year, you are in the richest 1% of the people in the world. If you earn $22,000, you are considered richer than 92% of the world. Come on, be honest. We have more clothing, more conveniences, more property than most people worldwide. I mean, get it. You get to choose what you wear. You get to choose where you eat. And for some, what you eat, except for those who've been married a while, you know you eat whatever she... I've been in this thing for 26 years. I'm just trying to tell you. You, you get to choose, which is evidence that even though you may not want to uh, consider yourself rich, the truth is in all the resources God has given you, he's blessed you to the degree that materially you are wealthier than most people in the world. In fact, if you're honest about it, some of you, if you thought back just a few years back, you can remember a time where you owned uh, two pairs of shoes. Okay. You had your church shoes and your school shoes. Because your play shoes were your school shoes from last. <laughs> uh, so some of you might remember when it wasn't a choice on Sunday morning what you were going to wear. You had that one good suit. Nowadays, you have, you're trying to find room to put new clothes in. I can't look at people when I talk like this because some of you think I'm speaking just to you. I'm not. I'm really. I'm not speaking. I'm speaking to all of us as the text is challenging us. And listen, I'm not looking to, to guilt you into giving. That is not what the text is intended to do. I, what I'm looking to do, what I'm hoping to do is to help you express gratitude for all that God has given you and God's goodness through how you're willing to use the resources that he's given you to be a blessing to somebody else because you recognize and you trust that God is your source I really want you to get this I mean just think for a moment many of us we're in a place in life that we haven't always been many of us um, we, you, you have a vehicle and your vehicle has, has its own room in the house And if you were to go to any of our 28 mission trips, you'll realize that uh, as one, one senior told me after the message on this morning, and I was, telling, I was laying out this, this same um, concept of how wealthy we are, they said, Pastor, you ought, you ought to say that our pets have better health care than most people. Yeah, this text is speaking to you and I 
as well. Those who've been blessed by God to have resources, and our resources are a testament of how much we truly honor God the way we say we do. Ah, because lives transformed by God should live godly. James said that should happen in how we speak. He says later it should happen in that our faith uh, might be, should be backed up by our works. He says uh, it should happen in our lives that we live godly. But hold on, it should also be reflected in how we handle our resources, our riches, our money, our possession. Because when God possesses you, then everything that you have is for his glory. So, so I just, just have a few questions, and I, I don't expect you to answer this out loud. I just want you to answer it to yourself as we look at this text in light of these questions. I want to ask you to answer for yourself uh, these questions. Uh, why do I want more money? Do I view my money as possessions as mine or God's? How would I manage my re God's resources differently knowing that he's watching? Am I more concerned about making money than I am about my eternal destiny? What is the source of my security? Money or God? I mean, do, do I cling to my things or am I generous and ready to share? Do I compromise godly character or priorities in pursuit of making money? Is my career more important than me being Christ-like? You see, the Word of God is not going after your stuff. This challenge is not for what you have, because really the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that dwells within it. Listen to me, everything belongs to God already. You belong to God. Everything you have belongs to God. It's God's already, but how we honor God is seen in how we steward what God has given to our charge. God is not after your stuff. God is after your heart. So don't pursue riches. Pursue righteousness. He says to the rich, uh, he says, come now. Let me have your attention, verse 1. Those of you who are wealthy, now that we've established that all of us in some context fit in this category. He says, uh, let me have your attention. He says, because if it's earned wickedly, then what you anticipate is weeping and howling for the miseries that are to come. Brothers and sisters, if our only pursuit is for the tangible, if our only pursuit is for the riches of this world, then what is going to happen in our lives is that our lives will be filled with misery. That's why you ought not envy the wealth of the wicked. 
You ought not envy. I, now, 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 I know. I was checking uh, just, just recently. I think it was at $1.28 million that the Texas lottery currently sets at. Don't look at it on your phone right now. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, isn't it amazing how when you see some of those numbers, don't look at me like that. You know I'm telling you the truth. Uh, we think about, well, Lord, if you bless me with it, you know I'm going <laughs> to. You know, all the things I would do for the kingdom, Lord. But what are we doing now? with what we do have. Because oftentimes when we look out the window of our lives and we look at others, we, we, we wonder about what we would do if we had all the wealth. But the truth is, God's Word teaches us that we ought not envy the wealth of the wicked because the wickedness will always lead to misery. Note, he is not uh, indicating or equating riches with wickedness. I told you earlier, it's not sinful to have riches. It's not sinful to be wealthy. But when your wealth is your God, when riches is your idol, when your pursuit is money and not God, then you are fallen into sin. But truth is, we, we often find ourselves like Asa in Psalm 73, uh, where uh, he says, uh, the Lord, truly God is good to Israel, to those who are of a pure heart. But as for me, Asa says, my foot almost slipped, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Brothers and sisters, don't envy the wealth of the wicked because it comes with misery. Right, he goes on to tell us uh, right there in verse 2. He tells us uh, in four ways how um, the wicked uh, comes to misery. Um, and that's why it challenges us to don't give in to pursuing dishonest gain. Look there in the text. He says, because when we are following the ways of the wicked, it means we become hoarders. That's verse 3. Verse 3, he says, your gold and your silver has corroded. Their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last day. He says, it is sinful for believers to become hoarders. I'm not just talking about the television show. I'm talking about you and I, that when we have more than what we need and we ignore the needs of others. Notice what he says. He says, your riches have become moth-eaten. So instead of feeding the poor, your riches are eating away at you. Why? Because you're not using it for God's glory. Listen, you all, he, he's challenging us as believers. Why? Because if we get our priorities mixed up, then we'd find ourselves in a whole lot of pain. Just follow the testimony of those. And I have nothing against uh, those who have won. I'm not trying to um, give an indictment against people who have won money, but I am telling you their testimony. And oftentimes they testify that their lives were better off before they got it because they placed their trust in it. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. He says, uh, listen, uh, you're in the, the wrong trajectory if you're hoarding your riches. 
He says, because in the last day, in the last day, there will be an account. Isn't it amazing that many of us, uh, if we're honest about it, and we should plan for the future. If you haven't started planning for your future financially, be a good steward and begin to plan for your future. Because those of us who've been living a while can tell you that a time will come where you won't be able to do everything you can do right now. Plan for your future, but we plan for our future. Some of us, we plan for retirement, as we should. And, and if you're like me, you plan uh, to have vacation with your family, as I believe you should. Uh, but let me ask you, beyond this life, how many of you are planning to come face-to-face -face with God? When he asks you and holds you accountable for what you've done with what he's blessed you to have. He says, in the last day, that, that we've laid up treasures for the last day. Christ's word tells us that in the last day, people will become selfish kinds of people. I, I know you don't see it today, but let me go ahead and describe it to you. In 2 Timothy, the third chapter, the first verse, he says, but understand this, that in the last day there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, in the last day, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You all, be careful to make sure that your life's affections are for God and God alone. Because the truth is, possessions won't satisfy you. The truth is that, that, that there comes a time when, when, the, when the possessions of this world, riches, riches won't give you peace. Riches won't give you hope. And you have to be careful to make sure that we don't give in to pursuing dishonest gain by hoarding and by defrauding. Let me, let me, let me park just for a moment here um, because as I was, I was going home, you, you know, let me, tell you the, let me tell you the issue. Um, if you want to be a pastor, I, I, I invite you all to, to take, take heed to what I'm about to tell you, okay? Because, you know, Fred, before you deliver a message to the congregation, the Spirit delivers the message to you. Before you're able to give the medicine to others, you know, you have to take the medicine. Okay, yeah, you're you, you with me in here. Uh, I've, I've been going through this week. You, you don't understand. I, I've been going through this week because I, I, I came home. Um, I picked up my, my, my clothes from the cleaners. Uh, I came home, um, and when I walked into my closet, you won't believe this. When I walked into my closet, uh, I started complaining because I didn't have room to put my clothes. <laughs> don't laugh at me because some of you all, you got more shoes than you got feet. And again, what I'm helping, what I'm striving to, to help us to understand is that God has been good to us. God has been so good to us that he's giving us uh, beyond what we need. Now ask yourself, why has God given me more than I need? It's not for us to hoard it all, but rather for us to be good to somebody else. 
Do you have to always have a garage sale or can you just, are you, you with me in this place? He says, he says, uh, it's dishonest game because you, you've, been, you've been hoarding. He says, you've been laying up treasure. Then he, he says, uh, you've been fraudulent toward others. Verse 4, where he says, there are those who worked for you. They were laborers in your, your fields. They, they mowed your lawn. They cut your fields, and yet you kept back fraud. So your wealth was built upon defrauding other people. And yet in Deuteronomy, he tells the believers, Deuteronomy 24 and 14, You shall not oppress a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether he is one of your brothers or one of the sojourners who are in your land within your towns. You shall give him his wages on the same day before the sun sets, for he is poor and counts on it, lest he cries against you to the Lord and you be guilty of sin. Notice the text. The text says that the wages, this, 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 this honest wages cry out to the Lord. Dishonest gain testifies to the Lord. And those who are being defrauded, you know, when we don't give as much as you can give. We negotiate down to the point where you know that they're desperate, that they are going to accept whatever, but you know that God blessed you to be able to give more. Says it cries out unto the Lord. But when God has your heart, He transforms your heart so that your heart will be like His heart. That, that when you have an opportunity to give, you give generously because you really recognize how good and generous God has been to you. Let me check for a moment. Has God blessed anybody beyond what you deserve in this place? So, so, so you have a, a heart change like, like Zacchaeus had in the 19th chapter when he, he ran into Jesus. And Jesus ran into him. He then said, you know what? If I've defrauded anyone, I'm going to give back to them fourfold. Why? Because he recognized that having a relationship with Jesus is the greatest riches he could ever have. And hear me, brothers and sisters, when you have a relationship with God, you really have everything you need because God is the source. That's why Paul says he shall supply all your needs according to his riches is in glory. When you have God, you have what you need so you can always give with an open hand knowing that God will keep on giving to you. In fact, text says the more you give, the more you will receive. And God has blessed us as a body of Christ, as a people who are believers to be blessings with that which he's blessed us to have. They were defrauding. They, but here's, here's yet another dishonest gain. He said they were all in it for themselves. They were self-indulgent, verse 5. He says, you've lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. That's when we're so consumed with what our comforts require that we're not aware of the struggles of others. Ah, it happened the other day. I say the other day. When I say that, I, I, I'm, that's relative. It happened this year. Um, 
It happened this year where, where Kayla and I were making our way from an event down south in South Texas, and we were making our way, and there was uh, a plethora of meals that were left over. And so like our practice, we, we took those meals because we knew that we were going to pass through downtown. If ever you want to recognize just how blessed you are, take a journey downtown sometimes, and you realize that God has been good to you because there are those in the, in the condition, in poverty condition, that didn't necessarily bring it upon themselves, but it was brought upon them. And as a result of that, they find themselves living in tent cities. Well, there we are. We're coming from South Houston. We're, 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 I'm, I'm driving. Uh, Keanu was telling me how to drive, but I'm driving. And, <laughs> and, and we, have, we have these meals with us. We have these meals with us, and, and we're looking for people to bless. We're, we're looking for people to provide meals for. And, and as, it would as God would have it, we pulled on the side and we reached out and gave one, one man a meal. It was obvious that he was homeless. It was obvious he was disheveled. Uh, he was there sitting on, on the side of the road. We handed him a meal. Get this, when we handed him the meal, one, he thanked God for it. He said, I knew God was going to supply for me. I said, mm, it caught my attention. But hold on, it didn't stop there, Will. He had that one meal, and with that one meal, he called over every homeless person around him and said, come, 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 come to share that one meal. When I saw it, God grabbed my heart and I gave him, oh, I said, hey man, take some more. Just take, take, take some more. Why? Because he was willing to share all he had. Are we? Are we? Because, because he says we ought not be self-indulgent, yet there are those who have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You fatten yourself for the day of slaughter, which means that you've, you've, you've gained now. You've gained in this material world, but a time's going to come where you're going to have to answer to God. That's what the rich man realized, the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16 that he lived his life luxuriously and there outside his gates was a poor man. There at the end of your block is a poor man. There at the end of your street before you turn to go to work is somebody asking for food and asking for help. How many times do we just pass them by? I want to warn us because Christ warns us. He gave a story and he said one day the king is going to say, when I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was naked, did you, you clothe me? When I was sick, did you come to me? When I was in prison, did you visit me? He says, because if you say, Lord, when? We, we, we didn't see that. And he's going to say, depart from me. I don't know you. It's important for us to hear that God has blessed us to be a blessing to others. So don't miss opportunities to honor God with everything. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is pray for the opportunity for God to use you to be a blessing to somebody else. Plan to be a blessing to somebody else. When you write out your budget, budget to be a blessing to somebody else. When you're planning your groceries, plan to pick up groceries for the needy person that you run into and pray that God will give you the opportunity Bless somebody else. Because this is the way we express our gratitude for what he's blessed us with. Is our willingness to be a blessing to another. Do not lay up for yourselves, Christ says, treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. 
but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. So you can't give godly until you've given God your heart. If you've identified there are areas in my life that I haven't been as generous as I ought to be. There are times when I was hoarding or defrauding. There are times when I was self-indulgent, more concerned with myself than, than others. There are times when my lack of generosity led to someone's destruction. It's time for us to go before God in prayer. And that's God's forgiveness times we missed our opportunities to honor him by helping others. Would you bow your heads all over the building? But God has blessed you and you ought to express that by saying thank you. For you have indeed been good to us, Lord, and we thank you. We know that you've been better to us than we've, we could ever deserve. And you continue to give. You, you give us life. And with this life, you've blessed us with material resources. Lead us, guide us that we might reflect your heart, your giving heart that we might give to others and be a blessing to others. And help us in giving that we might give all to you. For you are our king. We are your, your subjects, your children. And we ask that you would lead us, that our lives would bring even more glory to you. That we might love you with all our hearts and love others as we love ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. You can't stand Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.